Hey metalheads, you like tattoos? Of course you do. If you're in the Louisville, Kentucky area, come on over the bridge to Clarksville, Indiana and get you some ink done at Ageless Art. If ink isn't your thing, they have a piercing studio as well. Visit agelessartclarksville.com to see some frequently asked questions, meet the staff. The shop is open Monday through Thursday, 12 to 8 p.m., Saturdays, 12 to 10 p.m., and Sundays, 12 to 6 p.m., all appointment-only spots. You can set up your appointments by phone at 812-283-1793 or email agelessarttattooandpiercing at gmail.com and someone will get you set up for your first or your next tattoo or piercing. Hey, it's Jeff McNichol down here at Mom's Music, 1900 Melwood Avenue. I was just thinking, when I was a kid, the magic was at Frankfurt Avenue, the Mom's Music at Frankfurt Avenue, and I used to beg people to get a ride down there just to hang out with the guys and see all the cool gear. Now that I'm the owner of this store, it's like a dream come true. We're recreating the magic with the vibe that we used to have at the old store. We're carrying all the gear that you're going to possibly want. We're giving you the outstanding service and personal attention that you deserve. Yeah, so we've got the great guitar shop here. We're carrying USA Fender, USA Gibson, Paul Reed Smith, Gretsch, Jackson, Charvel, anything you could possibly want. We're going to have it for you. Mom's is and always will be Louisville's music store. Tuning into the Metal Forge, I am Mark Jackson and I am your host. The premise of the show is pretty simple awesome interviews and awesome music. If you want to contact me, hit me up at metalforgeradio at gmail.com or visit the website metalforgeradio.com. And now, let's get this show on the road. What is going on, Metalheads? Thank you all for tuning into this week's episode of the Metal Forge. My name is Mark Jackson, and I am your host. This week, we have, from Los Angeles, California, Solar Haze, signed to the epic Metal Assault Records, where Andrew will be my guest next week. We're going to be talking about their 12-year anniversary show, but... Hell yeah, Stoner Doom, Solar Haze, super rad stuff. I know you guys are going to love it. But before we get into that, I just want to say, hey, thank you all so much for everything that you do. Thank you for tuning in each and every week. It's awesome. And the reason I say that is because we are super, super fucking close to getting 3,500 likes on the Facebook page. I mean, we're within five likes, okay? So, and I did state on the Instagram page last week to, you know, share it to your friends and do whatever you could because at 3,500 likes, I'm going to give away some free vinyl to you guys. What the hell? Why not? I'm going to go live once I see that there's 3,500 likes and they stay there. I'm going to go live. I'm going to put everybody who likes the page on the wheel. We're going to give it a spin and we're going to see who's going to get some free vinyl. Super cool stuff. I love doing that stuff. I love giving away things. Starting in the coming weeks, I've got a cool little concept game show time here on the Metal Forge. And I'm going to put the guests to the test, as you could say. We're going to have what I am calling Rock Battle. Rock Battle goes like this. Here are the rules. Any lineup. Live or dead members are available. If a member has two jobs in a band, like they play guitar and they sing, you can either elect to keep them as a guitar player, a vocalist, or both. One member from each band has to be present in a final lineup, and there is no limit on members. So if you have somebody as a keyboard player... They can still be considered a keyboard player in your final lineup. You'll have to do this based on four bands. And you also get to do this number. You're going to get to choose a group. You're going to go one through nine. 
So, like, group one might be the big four of thrash. Group two might be 70s prog or 80s glam, the wild card, power metal, resurgence thrash, new wave of traditional heavy metal bands, new metal, and grunge. You know, so we're going to keep this way wide open with pretty cool stuff. So, for example, if I gave you Metallica, Megadeth, Anthrax, and Slayer, that you had to keep one member from each of those bands but fill a lineup, what would you choose? Who would you choose? That's a cool concept. And we're going to get the guests. We're going to put them to the test. We're going to make them do the rock battle. So, more on that later. Totally cool stuff. It's going to be fun. I think so. But, no, I started a new job last week. Uh, I think I mentioned it on last week's episode. And it has been insanely busy already with the new job. And I'm probably cutting this one a little close to the upload time. (laughs) For sure. Um, So if for some reason an episode is a couple hours late one week, please don't fret. Please don't stop listening or think that I gave anything up. Because that is definitely not the case. We're alive and well and living in, well, almost... Not really Los Angeles, as I used to say, but, you know, we're alive and well. We're kicking. We're always going to be putting out new episodes each and every week here at the Metal Forge. And in the later this month and in February, we've got some really kick-ass bands coming on the show. And I think you're all going to absolutely dig these cool-ass bands. Down below, there are links to the sponsors. And without you guys supporting them, they can't support the Metal Forge either. And I am so grateful that you all do help these businesses. Whether you're listening to their podcast, you're buying instruments from them, you're going and getting tattoos, you're going to the Discogs page. Thank you all so much, and continue to please support all of these guys. You know, Ageless Art, Tattoo and Piercing, Mom's Music, Maxwell's House of Music, Better Days Records, Unchained Tapes, Mercenary Press, The Wrestling Steve Show, The Night Demon Heavy Metal Podcast, the It's Gonna Get Weird Podcast. Keep supporting those guys, because every bit helps us at the Metal Forge, and it helps them too. Also, making sure you all uh, click on the Spotify playlists as well. You get to hear all of the previous uh, bands that have been on the show, and you'll be supporting those people as well, too. Thank you all. So let's get into this episode with Solar Haze. This comes off of their self-titled debut album. This is Hawk in the Wind.
All right, metalheads, I'm being joined here on the line from California with Stephen and Ryan from Solar Haze. Dudes, what's going on? Hey, how are you doing? Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you for having us, man. It's an honor to be on this. No, dudes, thank you all for coming on. I started talking with Andrew here a while back at Metal Assault, and we were just like, we're starting to promote their 12-year anniversary show, and he's like, hey, man, would you like to have some of the bands on? I was like, fuck yeah, why not? Because it's all about metal, dude, and a la- an independent label that can like sit out for like and be around for like 12 years. Hell yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, that's an accomplishment. Absolutely. Especially in the, in the digital age, because there's just so many options out there for everybody. Like you've got yeah. all these different places. You've got No Remorse. You've got Shadow Kingdom. You've got so many labels and everybody's just doing great shit. Yeah, yeah especially there's a lot out of stuff coming out. In LA, it's pretty oversaturated too. Well, yeah. Got a ton of bands out there. I'm I'm in Louisville and we have a ton of bands here of different metal genre or subgenre whatever you want to say and like I I can only imagine in a place where there's 10 times the population like in LA or New York what it's actually like in your respective scenes. So it could be a pain in the ass. It's a real grind out here just trying to compete for people's attention with seems like hundreds and hundreds of bands. Right. But you know, people like Andrew, they make it he makes it really easy for bands like us to just like stick out and have a home, you know? Definitely. And I here's something that you all have out there that we don't have here in Louisville. The one time that I've played out there, it was crazy because we had to sign a contract saying that we would not play within six weeks of the, our show there in within the city. Yeah, we get stuff like that every now and then. And then as you start to play more shows, you start to realize that maybe it's not a great idea to be playing the same uh, place every two or three weeks. You know, you got to expand. So that's what we used to do when we first started playing. You know, we have uh, weekend runs, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you know, and the the venues would be a mile, two miles away from each other. So you just got to be smart about picking and choosing your spots. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. If someone sees you, like, they're not going to come see you two weeks in the same spot, you know? You got to change it up. Definitely. Become see Solar Haze. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Wow. That's, see, and, like, I kind of wish we had stuff like that here just because there you see the same bands playing 40 shows, 40 weekends out of the year, you know? And it's just like, oh, my gosh. It's like 40 Saturdays or or combination Friday-Saturday thing. And it's, there's a lot that goes into it. But let's talk about Solar Haze here. I consult the Metal Archives a lot. It's kind of like Wikipedia Factor Fiction. They get a lot of stuff wrong, but they do get mm-hmm. quite a bit of stuff right as well. So it says here that you all started in 2015. Is that correct? Um, Solar Haze, yeah. So, But the, the funny thing is me and Ryan have been uh, playing with each other since we got out of high school. And a lot of the songs, well, not a lot, but a few of the Solar Haze songs um, were from a band. We were called Crimson before Solar Haze and a few uh, songs we carried over there. So I guess technically in theory, if you want to say how long, the idea of Solar Haze has been around for probably since like 2010 or 2011, maybe even that early. Wow. I should go ahead and mention that you guys are brothers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we are. Yeah. Which is totally cool. We're only a year apart. Nice. Which I've always thought is totally cool because it adds a certain dynamic to a band, I think. You know, like Van Halen and Mm -hmm. ACDC. You know, these bands with siblings in it. I think they will leave Oasis out of that, out of that equation because we all know how that ended. (laughs) (laughs) So sometimes it can get like that. But the thing about being brothers is that there's a, a certain synchronicity in your brains where you just kind of understand the wavelength that the other person's on. And no matter what happens, you guys are always going to jump back on the same wavelength, even if you do get into like arguments sometimes. Right. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've heard it equated to before is like, you know, that thing where it's like that twinergy thing where twins often think of the same things at the same times and they, they both are on that, that wavelength like you're talking about. Yeah. I've, heard, I've heard it referred to like that with music. Yeah, dude, and it feels like that. Like, when we're just in the studio, just jamming me and him, you know, whatever he plays, I just understand where he's going to go with certain things, you know? So it's just unspoken. It's all there. It's really interesting. That, that's killer stuff, man. I've had, I've had that 
like a few times with a few people that I've played with where it's just like you locked in and you just knew. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I can only imagine what it would be like, you know, playing with a sibling that just immediately got it as well. That that would just be kind of cool to me. So yeah, dude, it's a lot of fun. You know, I've I've um I haven't played in too many other bands, but there's just something different about playing with a sibling where you just understand each other and like you guys are on the same page to a point where it makes everything just so smooth. Definitely. Back in 2017, you guys released your first full length album called Solar Haze. Yes, yes. sir. And I self-titled. Actually- Self-titled, and I actually have a copy of it here with me on uh, green vinyl. Nice. Awesome. Nice. Uh, which is the Metal Assault pressing of it, I believe. Yeah, yeah. So we got eight songs here, and I noticed when I put it on the player, it, side A and side B are just a little bit different from one another. I think you, you've you got more doomy stuff on side B than you had on side A. Was that, yeah. was that an intentional Just, thing? Let me actually uh, pull up the track list because I'm trying to remember. But yeah, it, so we it, started off with Hawk in the Wind and that was kind of our like, this is our big explosion. Our here, here we are. This is Solar Haze. And we wrote that song right after Lemmy died. And I'm just kind of trying to get in that vibe, you know, that old school, dirty kind of rock and roll thing. And then try to throw a little flair in there. So right. the first side is a lot more like kind of, I don't want to say traditional or even classic, but uh, uh, more just in your face rock. And then yeah. at the end of it, when we get to side B, we kind of shift. And going to more stoner, droney, like just in your face, abrasive kind of stuff. Right, and and you, yeah. you've already answered my question that you kind of took the wind out of my sails here. I was going to ask <laughs> because of the first track being "Hawk in the Wind." Uh, the immediate things I see is "Hawk Wind," and I was yeah, wondering, so that yes. was the pun. Yeah, ah, yeah, exactly. You caught on. I, like I that. picked I like up the on pun. That. Well. You know, anybody who's listened to the show in the past knows that I am a huge Motorhead fan. So, of course, I was going to get that. Okay, awesome. I picked it up, and I feel good about myself for doing that. (laughs) (laughs) You should, Matt. We appreciate that. We appreciate that. So, eight tracks, and it's divided into uh, five on the first side and three on the second. And it's just, it's got this awesome quality to it, where it uh, side B in particular just has that awesome, like, stoner groove, I think. Thank you, man. Um, You know, the thing is with that album is it kind of would, it mimics what our live sets would be where we would just come out the gates real hard and fast live and then near the end just be like real thick and doomy. Definitely. Honestly, I think uh, uh, of Black Sabbath when I hear stuff like this. Because it's got that it's got that real doom groove to it that Sabbath had probably about the the, the master of reality era. But then again, you've got some of those you've got some of those uh picked up songs that you would have on stuff on stuff like Sabotage. Which yeah, that's interesting that you bring up Master Reality because uh, a lot of people when they talk about our first album they would compare it to Master Reality. That's really cool that like that's a vibe that people pick up on. Nice, and I mean if there's any Sabbath album to to pick up on, I think that one is one of the better ones. I mean, is at least Absolutely. you're not at least you're not picking up on like Never Say Die or something. <laughs> oh, don't hit on that though. Hey, maybe in ten or fifteen years that'll be our five. <laughs> hey, I, I I listen to Dehumanizer, so you know I listen to all that Black Sabbath, which is or the Hellish Cross. <laughs> oh yes, um, the the Tony Martin and then late Dio era for them. Yep. The the return of Dio. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, you gotta be able to find good stuff everywhere, you know? You really do, and that's really what it's about. Hey everybody, let me tell you about the new sponsor of the Metal Forge, Unchained Tapes. They're an independent Pennsylvania tape label. They focus on extreme metal and punk with a killer approach to the tape scene. Visit their web store at unchainedtapes.bigcartel.com now to get your fill of tapes. And for being a Metal Forge listener, enter the code METALFORGE10 at checkout to get a 10% discount on your total purchase. That's unchainedtapes.bigcartel.com. (laughs) 
Hey, let me tell you guys about Mercenary Press. They're an independent London label and distributor of all things metal. Mercenary Press delivers the goods from their own independent zine. Trust me, you're going to want to get in on that. To distributing various bands from all over the world, including Cramp from Spain and Sadistic Force from Texas. Visit mercenarypress.bigcartel.com to find out what all they have in stock and what you can order. And for Metal Forge listeners, enter code METALFORGE to receive a discount on your total purchase at mercenarypress.bigcartel.com. Check it out now. Since 2013, there has been a calling from the underground. From the graves of all those unholy. And they decided to make a zine to talk about all of this. Soul Grinder Zine! An independent metal zine to keep you informed on all things metal and horror from the underground. Available in both print and digital formats. They're bringing you the best interviews and reviews out there today. Not only do they do the zine, but they also do compilation CDs. Check them out at facebook.com slash soulgrinder.zine and start your subscription now. You guys released back in July a, a little three-song EP called The, uh, the Solar Age. Yes. Yes, sir. I'm looking at that, and I'm looking at the artwork and the upside down pyramids going into like the ocean with the with the cloaked in the cloaked like people at the bottom. Mm-hmm. It's super rad. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, thank you. Are. It's very it's very conceptual. It's uh, it's something that we want to tie into future albums. You know, like the whole idea of like cult kind of themes, and you know, the whole like. That whole like ancient kind of culty type vibes. It's something that we like to cultivate with our image and our music. Absolutely. I'm just looking here. It's Ryan Bartlett artwork. Is that correct? Yes, Ryan yes, Bartlett. See, he does all our t shirt art too. That's awesome because you know, just like the first album, I know I know that's who did the the album artwork on that as well. Uh-huh. And it's really cool to have somebody that you get, that you can work with and they it seems like they immediately get what you're going for. Yeah, we're trying to really so the vibe we're going for the vibe, you know, we always say vibe. Um the thing we're going for there with Ryan is trying to get that Iron Maiden um oh my god, how am I drawing a blank right now with the artist for Iron Maiden? Derek Riggs, right? Derek Riggs, yeah. So we're yeah. trying to go for that Derek Riggs vibe where we got the, an artist that understands uh, what we're going for, and then we could just keep that theme, keep that styling going for a little while. Because we want to do it where you, you see the album artwork and the T-shirts tie in with the album artwork. The show, the show flyer, the tour flyers tie in with the artwork. Like every time we release something new, you're getting a different part of the story. So it kind of encourages people to like you know keep paying attention to it because every time we release something, you're going to learn something new about what's happening with the story exactly and having the same artist keeps it all like consistent because you know if you're getting different artists with different albums different shirt that theme might kind of start to like wash away or get a little blurry but having the same guy with the same vision doing everything really keeps it all consistent definitely i can agree with that a hundred percent and and it makes a difference like you said like Derek riggs joe pentagono ed repka uh, halsey cost all these great artists out there that they do like certain people's artwork exclusively. Yeah. And you're right. It does lend to a universe for that. Absolutely. That's, that is the right word to use it. So it's, it's like this little, universe. Exactly. S-H-R-U. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So like I said, that came out back in July of 2021. What do we have mm-hmm. coming forward? What do we? What is 2022? Because we're early in the year here. It's still January. Well, so um, me and my brother had actually been talking about that like a couple days ago. We do have um, we have a good chunk of material for the second album, like almost ready to go, and we want to spend a good majority of this year just like almost in pre-production for the album, just getting everything as tight as possible, and then near the end of 2022, 2023, start recording, and hopefully by the end of 2023, we can have 
a nice new like Solar Haze album out, a full album. And then do some touring in between that next year, you know, or this year right now, I guess it's 2022 now. Yeah. Right. So get some touring in this year, uh, get that new material going. And then hopefully by the end of the year, we can get back in the studio and start recording the next album. Yeah, and you know, the thing is with uh, EP just coming out in July and with the whole pandemic lockdown, we still uh, like are in the EP cycle. We can still do a couple tours on the EP, do some more promotion on that. So there's no real rush to like try to get an album out soon, you know. We understand we have time and we're going to take advantage of it. Definitely. And that's always one of the things that I've realized is like trying to do too much too fast, I guess. Mm-hmm. And burnout really does happen. Yeah, and I'm yes, just barely recovering does. from writing the from recording the EP. It took me a couple months Yeah. Definitely. But no, uh, burnout is a massive thing. I used to be that guy who wanted to put out an album a year. And we did for like four years consecutively. And then we put out an EP like two Jeez. years. And then, then it was like three years between that and the next EP. So burnout really does happen. And I don't think a lot of people realize that when you see bands put out a, a whole lot of material early on, it's going to be longer in the end to get the follow up. Exactly. Yeah. And you don't want to, um, you don't want to overwhelm your listeners with like just dropping material on them constantly. Like you have to, space things out, give people time to absorb stuff, you know? If you don't have a good pacing to what you do, you're kind of just going to be, like, suffocating people with your material. Right. And and I do know some people that does work for, but, yeah, they, they, but they, works, they are exceptions um, to the rule. Yeah, uh, if this is, I mean, this is our life, but, you know, when this is your main job, going into the studio every year, you know, it's easier than when there's four guys, you know, trying to work day jobs, and then you got to put aside, like, two or a month. It takes us forever to record. You know, we try everything we can when we record. Um, so you know, it could take a month or a month to record. It felt like it took longer to record this three-song EP than it did to record our first album because we kept trying different things in the studio. We said, "Let's try this. Oh, let's add this. Let's try this. Oh, let's do these different things." We were a lot more experimental in uh, certain parts with this EP. Yeah, it was also more of a refined process too, where we we had learned from the first album. We want to kind of like tackle the quote unquote, I don't want to say mistakes, but the things that we felt like we could do better. Definitely. So when you all go to record, you you keep saying the studio. Now, are you actually going to a legit studio, or are you going and doing like a home studio in home based studios? Okay, but they're pretty nice. We got lucky because our our aunt, um, her ex husband used to be a musician. So the garage, he actually built like a, a legit studio in there. So we got lucky yeah. with that, where that's our practice space. And nice. then we got our friend uh, Eddie in Zamani. We go down to San Diego, and he's got a nice little recording area in his uh, house. So that's where we record it. Yeah, and, and, and Zamani's, well. Zamani's playing at the um, Metal Soul 12-Year Anniversary Fest, too. They're a really great band. Hell yeah. And see, that's what it's really about these days, is because technology has changed so much that we can record all this stuff at home, like we're doing right now on the podcast, that you, we can record this at home and it gets such good quality, and you just send it out to have it mixed and mastered, and there it is. You yeah, know? you still definitely have to know what you're doing, because oh, for sure. if I did what he was trying to do, it definitely would not sound the same way. Yeah, dude, having a good like producer engineer makes all the difference. You're, you're not wrong, and you know, just, I know bands that have went into the studio and didn't love the board and ne- and the next bands tried to record on their like their mix and sounded <laughs> like crap so yeah <laughs> yeah you definitely have to it it is definitely a, an art form in mixing and yeah I mean, it's it's funny that you bring or that we're talking about that because uh when we first released our first our debut album we actually did it ourselves my brother recorded and engineered it and then metal soul came in and they heard it and they're like you know we like this away. let's do do a professional recording of this album and like it changed it changed the game on whole sound and vibe of the album so it's really that was really incredible so did you all completely re-record it yeah we Uh, we started from scratch oh wow see now i'd like now now you've told you've told me that now i want to hear the original version of it i want to see what that how different was i don't even know if i don't need do i even have the original version it's somewhere on our computer somewhere like it was a it was like a demo 
It was a demo of like an. It was album. all the songs. It was all the songs. But yeah, it was definitely like the quality was not the same quality as what came out. Yeah, in and it was it's funny because in my head, like after the the first version of the album came out, I was always thinking like, man, it would be great if like five years, ten years from now, we could just re-record the whole thing and do like a five-year release or ten-year release. And, and it happened two years then. later. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Let's do it now. So that worked perfectly for us. Definitely. See, that's awesome. I'm definitely looking forward to seeing what you guys have coming out in the future because, like I said, the first album is great. The EP is great. And I know with you guys working with Andrew that he's not going to let you guys put out anything that he's not happy with either. Yeah. So definitely I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, man. The next, we already have like the blueprints for the next couple releases floating around in our heads and we're we're getting more ambitious with what we're doing we just want to get bigger with our music and we understand like uh keeping it realistic but we want to try to push the edge of what we've done before and what other people are doing so we're excited to like really experiment with our sound and see how people react to it oh absolutely and you guys have a sound on record that is just it's already a, a super full sound to begin with. Now, taking that into a live setting and just getting the right visuals to go with it, I mean, oh my gosh, it would just be insane. Yeah, 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 yeah my brother, good shows is really good. Steven is like the, he's the visual kind of mastermind of the band with setting up like the stage plot and like the lights and the fog and like the backdrops. So we try our best to keep the visual show as close to like what you see in your head and fill in your ears when you listen to the record. That's awesome. I've always said that any five dudes can get on a stage and play music. It takes yeah. a, it takes a visual stage show along with that to be absolutely entertained a hundred percent. And you could totally get more. I don't want to say I don't want to make it sound cheap, but you could totally get more mileage out of an album if you had a stage show to go with it. I mean, oh, hey, absolutely, yeah. I mean, the first time I saw Black Sabbath, they just had, like, weird, like, chariot-looking, like, it looked like they were playing on a candelabra, honestly. <laughs> and I don't know what it was. It worked. It worked for them. And that's that's all they needed. The, they did have pyro and stuff like that, too, like fire and shit. But, like... <laughs> Thinking in an in independent band re, uh, uh, setting here, you're not going to have fire, but still, you had to, yeah, you have you can to have some stuff. You can still do yeah, things with lights and fog, and we just try to make the the vibe, you know, all work together. The songs, because like you said, anyone could go up on stage and play the songs, and you know, when we're on tour, we play with a lot of bands that are great on the road, but you know, they're all just playing on stage. And then when we try to go up, we try to like take it to the next level, you know, like how it used to be when you're watching those old Iron Maiden videos or just old eighties concerts where everyone's running around stage, everyone's going crazy. Oh, sorry. I just wanted to further your point on how you said like, uh, like the visual show can like extend the lifespan of the album. You look at fucking Pink Floyd, the wall, they're still playing the wall live and they're still selling out stadiums. And that album came out like how many? 20, 30, 40 years ago. Uh, so 43 years ago now. Oh my god. So that just goes to show like if you have the right visual set, then people will just keep coming. They'll keep coming. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I also like to look at like Speak of the Devil Ozzy, like the live video from that where uh, Brad Gillis is playing guitar on it. That's insane because all it is is it's a, it's a fake castles with, you know, scaffolding behind it, but it means just so much because it's not just a bare stage. Yeah, absolutely. And my brother, like, he's trying to get crazy. This dude wants to build, like, obelisks on stage and stuff. So, you know, you're going to be seeing a lot of crazy things from Solar Haze very soon. Do it. Do it. Yes, we absolutely. are. We absolutely <laughs> Welcome to the night. You think you know Night Demon? Then the Night Demon Heavy Metal Podcast is for you. Step into the darkness as we peel back the curtain to give you an unprecedented, all-access look into the mind and the heart of the demon. We're talking band history, song analysis, studio anecdotes, stories from the road. It's everything a diehard Night Demon fan could want and more. This is the only place to learn the inside scoop, the deep dive trivia, the untold tales from the band members themselves and those closest to the Night Demon story. Need more? 
the sacred Night Demon Crypt will be pried open to reveal demo recordings that have never before seen the light of day. All with in-depth commentary by the band and the people who were there for the writing and recording process. This is a gold mine, a treasure trove of all things Night Demon. Head over to nightdemon.net or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, Metalheads, it's with great pleasure I get to tell you guys about a new sponsor to the Metal Forge, Ageless Art, New Albany. After 20 years of owning and operating Ageless Art in Clarksville, Indiana, Phil Garrett had a vision for a new type of tattoo studio, something that is clean and modern, sleek, refined, inviting. And he's done just that with Ageless Art in New Albany. You can find it at... 2736 Charlestown Road, New Albany, Indiana, 47150. Business hours are Monday through Saturday, 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. Sundays are 12 to 6. All sessions are appointment only, so give them a call and go get you some new ink. Or if it's your first time, go get your first one, baby. Hey guys, Wrestling Steve of the Wrestling Steve Show here. Uh, so if you're currently listening to the Metal Forge with Mark Jackson, then you understand that Mark Jackson has a pretty discerning taste when it comes to music as a whole. You'll also understand that he has a discerning taste for professional wrestling, just like me. The, my show is called The Wrestling Steve Show. Uh, I talk about modern and classic pro wrestling in a completely unbiased, unfiltered way. Be sure to check me out on all available podcasting platforms. That is The Wrestling Steve Show. And I am the host, Wrestling Steve. Just remember, uh, like like Confucius said, uh, man who goes through turnstile in Thailand uh, is going to Bangkok. Pro wrestling. All right, now I'm going to switch gears here. We're going to talk about you guys as people because all these nice pop stars get these nice interviews and shit like that. But fuck them. Fuck them. Yeah. I want a puff piece. I need a puff piece. Right. We're people too, goddammit. Yes. <laughs> Metalheads are usually eclectic people. We like to collect knickknacks and shit like that. Other than music, what do you guys collect? Yeah, yeah we, we like to collect <laughs> cryptocurrency. <laughs> that's, that's our thing. You know, there's uh, a practical, like, I like to collect books, you know. And Dragon Ball Z like, cards. Dragon Ball Z cards, too, yes. That's what absolutely. we're playing right now. The Dragon Ball Super card game. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of like Magic, but Dragon Ball Z. Right So on. that's what we're uh, collecting right now. Which... Yeah, and you know, a lot of metal bands, like, they do that nerdy shit where they play Magic the Gathering and, like, these card games, and we kind of just, we fell into the trap, too. Dude, Magic is such a money pit. Yeah. Like, it is an addictive thing. (laughs) Magic. Some of these cards are... Oh, I know. Gotta buy the new case. God. Oh. And then there's new cases coming out every three months. Right. It's hard to keep up. We're trying to, like, support this band, and there are new cards coming out. How do we manage this? And and the only thing that you can hope for is getting, like, that Liliana card that's worth, like, 300 bucks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, sir, yes. Hey, sometimes we'll just go out and just buy the $300 card and just suck it up. We like to go to tournaments sometimes and play at tournaments. And, you know, when at tournaments, if you win, you could get, like, hundreds of dollars in gear. So Right. It's and, not, yeah, so sometimes you got to invest a little bit in your deck. <laughs> I, will, I will tell any listener out there that has never been or never uh, seen, like, a Magic tournament, when it is tournament qualification uh, games... Shit gets real, real quick. I'll just yes, say that. It does. They treat this like the fucking world tour of poker series. <laughs> they do, dude. And, and like playing against people like that, it gets your heart pumping. You get sweaty. You get anxious. Like it gets really intense. Oh yeah, it is. It is a strict competition. They are out for fucking blood. <laughs> yes, they are. Oh my god. Even like over at the locals by our house where it's just like 10, 12 people, like they're playing like their life is on the line. It's really exhilarating to be quite honest with you. Definitely. What was the first concert you ever went to? The Ozfest 
the famous Egg Fest show. Yeah, back in 2005. Iron, when Iron Maiden got an egg stone at them by Sharon Osbourne. Ooh, I never, I've never heard that. Yeah, so um, it was OzFest, Black Sabbath, and Iron Maiden was the opening act for Black Sabbath on that OzFest tour. And I guess Ozzy had been talking shit, not about, no, Bruce Dickinson had been talking shit, not about Ozzy, but like indirectly kind of talking shit about him on stage. So on the last night of the tour, when they played um in San Bernardino, uh, Sharon got a bunch of people to throw eggs at them. So like during the first beginning of the show, they were getting eggs thrown at them and then in the middle of their set during Fatima of the Opera, they got the power shut off on them two times. Yeah. It was like ridiculous. It was, was like during the concert. solos too. Yeah, the crowd started, bo- like everyone started going crazy. And then Sharon comes out after Iron Man. She's like, I love Iron Man, but Bruce Dickinson is a prick. And then everyone oh starts booing her. Uh-huh. And, you know, this was in 2005, so I was 12, Steven was 13. And, you know, being that young, seeing that like chaotic energy, it really like imprints itself on your soul. Right. Uh, and I'll say again, Fuck Sharon Osborne. <laughs> hey man, like right? said if we need to, if if she calls us, we might need to edit that out. But yeah, we're on the same page, right? What is your most unpopular music opinion? Oh, uh, man. I I don't know. It's not really an opinion, you know. I just like to listen to. You know what? Maybe I will say this, and this is the hottest take you'll ever see. But right now, <laughs> I just find uh, I've been listening to uh, like a lot of Drake. And I just feel like Drake is coming out with more interesting stuff than some of these rock bands are coming out these days. I went to see uh, Drake and Kanye a couple of weeks ago just to see like what the hype is all about. And you know, it's people should definitely go out and see different types of music, listen to different types of music, just to understand like why people are like gravitating to this type of music or type of sound. It was kind of it was it wasn't anything that I didn't expect, but you know, the stage production for sure kind of gave me some ideas for Solar Haze. I was like, okay, so this is like the popular stage lighting stuff right now interesting definitely yeah you know we do take we do take a lot of inspiration out of like a lot of non-metal genres and you know the the being into like drake and Kanye west and that whole like culture that's more steven's thing um <laughs> i'm <laughs> i'm like i got I'm nothing super... to do with that <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm i'm more into like 60s like prog i love jazz you know i i think that i mean i guess my unpopular opinion would be that I think that people nowadays just have no idea how to write interesting music and people are kind of just writing derivatives of what people were doing five years ago, 10 years ago. And especially in the stoner metal scene, like people are trying to just do what Electric Wizard and Black Sabbath did. And then further down the line, you have people who are trying to do the same thing as the people who are trying to do the same thing as Electric Wizard and Black Sabbath. And it just gets old and stale. And I just think people have their heads up their ass nowadays. I get it. Uh, yeah, there's a lot. We're not saying there's no good metal music. Like, I love Volbeat, Ghost, Mastodon. Like, they all came out. Uh, well, not, uh, Volbeat's new album was pretty lit. But uh, yeah, yeah I, it's just... I think Volbeat's dad metal. That's my opinion. <laughs> oh, They're dad metal again. That's right. I'll, I'll, I'll sort him out when I see him. Well, um, I think I think with Volbeat is they 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 check the boxes. Honestly, I mean, yeah, they got a good sound. Yeah. They they have that sound. I, and the way I always equated uh, Volbeat was if you took Metallica, mm-hmm. like the rhythm section, and then put Glenn Danzig over top of it. Yeah, it's a it's not vibe. There are definitely sometimes I'm listening to I'm like, you know, that's just the. If you were to take out the vocals, it would just sound like a misfit kind of passage or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whether it just be the vocal delivery, but uh, dude's timbre ha- sounds mm-hmm. like Danzig a lot, uh, and then they can they can definitely hold their own. I mean, when I saw them the first time, they opened for Metallica back in 2017. And oh, I saw them open up on the Death Magnetic tour from Metallica. Oh wow! Yep. Yeah. So then they open for they they open for them on both of Metallica's last two albums. Then because when I saw them, they did it. They were opening on the Hardwired tour. Oh, sick! Nice. So nice hell yeah! But yeah, yeah I mean, so, they check the boxes. I think for most metalheads. Yeah, we're just trying to, like Ryan was saying earlier, we don't try to stick to like really one genre or one sound in particular. We like to grab a bunch of different ideas and sounds and themes and like kind of blend them together. Uh, yeah. So like the one way I like to describe our writing process or just like our style is it's maybe let's say Ryan has his like a riff that sounds like Iron Maiden or maybe I have a riff that sounds like drums or a riff that sounds like drums, Metallica. And it's like, okay, this sounds like a Metallica vibe, but what would, what would it sound like if Metallica tried to do like a yes riff right here? If one of Metallica tried to go electric wizard mode, 
So nice. you know, things could start off thrashy and then they could go in a completely different direction. And we're just trying to make things interesting and, you know, take people's emotions. Cause when you, we're just trying to write stories. We're just trying to tell stories. Right. So we want to exactly. take these people through this, you know, emotional roller coaster. You know, sometimes the roller coaster is just going to be fast. Sometimes the roller coaster is going to be a little steady. You know, it's going to be, you can tell what it's going to be. And then that one we really like to get at is just take people all over the place and then <laughs> see what happens after. Definitely. Yeah, exactly. And, th- and the thing with Solar Haze is that we all, even though we all meet in the middle with metal, we come from like different, like musical tastes. Like personally, when, when we play, I love like, yes, you know, I love bands like Gentle Giant and ELP. So I kind of like to approach like my drumming style with a little bit of more like prog sensibilities. So you could have like on the EP on, uh, the third song near the last half of that song, it's kind of like a really heavy, heavy stoner riff but i'm trying to like maybe add a little jazziness into the drums kind of like brawn from mastodon how he has that kind of like jazzy flavor so it's just about bringing in different like styles that each musician is really accustomed to and just making different sounds definitely if you would have followed your dream as a child what would you be doing right now doing Uh, right now yeah exactly what we're doing right now (laughs) nice 100 Dude, when no. we saw uh, Ozfest in 2005, that just that set the standard for what we wanted to do with our lives, and it was kind of like no question, no debate, like no discussion. It was just instinctual. This is what we we want to do, so let's do it. But if something happened where we weren't able to play music, my dream would have been to be in the NBA. Nice. <laughs> <Point> <laughs> yeah, <guard. laughs> and my, my I would have been a I would have been a sports writer. I do sports journalism on the side, but I would have been full on ESPN. Definitely. Hell yeah. What is your biggest fear? Oh man, that's crazy. Not that's being a able crazy. To play live music. Yeah, exactly. Like some way, shape, or form, like something getting in the way of us being able to physically or mentally do what we need to do to play music. Understand. My actually, my worst fear is uh, ending up like Sid Barrett, doing too much acid and just fucking going crazy. <laughs> wow. Not coming back from the other side. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. No, I was a little bit of an acid head back in, like, especially in my early 20s. So I would just fucking eat acid, so I didn't end up like that. For the listeners out there, recommend an album or artist for somebody to get into. Okay, let me think. Well, while you and... think, I've I've been listening to uh, Gentle Giant, The Power and the Glory. It is such a sick album. It is one of the most underrated prog albums. Like, Yes has Close to the Edge, you know, ELP has Brain Salad Surgery, but I think The Power and the Glory by Gentle Giant is just as good. It should be in like the top tier pantheon of like seventies prog. And that's Power and the Glory by Gentle Giant, not Power and Glory yeah. like Zach Wild. No, exactly. <laughs> the Power and the Glory. Exactly. Exactly. Oh. Uh, for me, I just I just uh I know. You're gonna say I'm basic, you're gonna say get this basic guy on say, my face. Say Drake. Say Drake. Say it. <laughs> no, no, I'm gonna say the new Volbeat album, Servant of the Mind. I think it's a good album. I think it's a really good album. It's a good, it's a good, strong metal album. And, uh, and I'm mad too because Bowlby kind of does, takes the idea of what I like about Solar Haze where we could just kind of have any type of vibe, any type of genre kind of feel and make it a Solar Haze song. And there's like, Bowlby has like black metal sections on this new album. They got like surf sections. They got straight up like, they do a lot of different things on the album, but it still sounds like Bowlby. So that's why I really like the album. Hey, it's Mark Maxwell at Maxwell's House of Music. Listen, all this stuff is now available to purchase on our website. Check it out at maxwellshouseofmusic.com. We carry all the top brands, like Fender. We got Gibson. We also have basses. We've got ukuleles. We've got drums. We've got sound gear. We've got keyboards. It's going to get weird as the name of the podcast. We're on season two. So you have a whole season to get weird with Frank Green and Scott Clark. The best part is there's always laughter. We have national touring comedians, NFL stars, rock stars, your local friends. It always gets weird. Weird answers. Have y'all ever snorted coke off of a 78 Pinto? No? You ain't no 
man. Weird questions. Who had a bigger cocaine habit, Jock Sutherland or Kaywood Ledford? Neither one, because they stopped beating their wives. <laughs> and weird, we never even thought of. Well, no, my friend is on acid, and I sent my friend to go find a payphone so that I can call and turn myself in for murdering this guy and ruin my life. We love all types of people, but we don't love all people. <laughs> weird. It's going to get weird is the name of the podcast, available everywhere. And thank you to Big X Sports Radio for being a proud sponsor of It's Gonna Get Weird. Frank Green, Scott Clark. Yeah. What was the first album you purchased with your own money? Mm. Uh, there's, so I'll just say two because the first one I can't really remember if I purchased it, but it was the first album I can remember making my parents get. And it was, uh, I don't know if it was a gift for me or if I the album was just lying around, but it was ACDC Live in Donington. Nice. And I have the uh, CD and I would always just stare at it because when you open it, it show the stage and it show the giant inflatable girl. The, Rosie. So I would always, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I would just <laughs> stare at that all the time when I was a kid listening to ACD. So I'm like, damn, this is crazy. And then I lost it. So I made my parents get it for me. But the one I do remember for sure buying for myself was A Matter of Life and Death by Iron Maiden. That was like oh, the first yeah. album I actually Hell yeah. Going yeah. Like Tower Records and getting it. My dad's like, Iron Maiden, he's all like, is this like a new album? I was like, yeah, it just came out. Because this was right after Ozfest too. So we listened to it. I was all like, dang, these guys are no joke. Yeah, I think that's one of their best albums too. Yes, especially, you know, like, in, the, in the millennium era for them. Yeah, Brave New World I, and The Matter of Life and Death. I think mine is probably Matter of Life and Death too. I'm going to default with him, cooperative answer. Because most of the time, like, like in high school, middle school, and college, I, I was just pirating music, you know? Right. I mean... Thinking, like, if I really go back and think, my first thing that I ever actually bought for myself was when I was just still a kid. And me, my brother, and our parents, we were going on a little road trip to Vegas, and we stopped at Tower Records before. Nice. And we picked out we picked out some cassettes, and I picked out for myself a Paranoid Black Sabbath. So that's, like, the very first, like, thing that I can remember. Like, I picked it out for myself, and I grabbed that for myself. Dude, that's a pretty stout one to, to have. Just because of, you look at that album cover, and you're just like, what the fuck is this? And then, yeah, you, and then exactly. you pop it on, and Warpig starts the album, and it's off to the races from track one. And Dude, absolutely. There is, and I don't care what anybody says, there's not a bad track on that album anywhere. I mean, yeah, I, I'm kind of burnt out on a few. Yeah, no. of course. Like, nowadays, I'm a little burned out on, you know, Paranoid 2. I'm not going to lie and act like I could listen to that album back to front. But still, like, back when that album was fresh in your head, like, that was monster shit. Oh, absolutely. Before we go today, as always, there are links listed below. So please give these guys a like, a share, and a follow. Go to their Bandcamp page, purchase the albums, purchase the EPs, purchase whatever you can purchase on their, their shirts, stickers, patches, do it. Support these guys in any way you can. Do you have any shout outs? Thank you, wanna- you so much. No, fucking hell yeah, man. Because you guys are awesome, and I'm digging it. Do you have any shout-outs you want to give to anybody before we go today? Uh, uh, yeah, absolutely. Number one is uh, Metal Forge Radio. <laughs> Everybody keep listening to this guy, because this guy's killing it. This guy's putting in a lot of effort to make sure little underground or mid-level bands are getting some spotlight. You know, so every- everybody that. says that, but, I, you know, I just... Nah, save that for the serious <laughs> people. Save it for like An- Andrew at Metal Assault Records, you know. <laughs> oh yeah, of course. I was of course gonna have to say Andrew from Metal Assault because Solid Hates wouldn't be here without him. Yeah, then just you know our friends and family. Last question of the day, guys. Mm-hmm. What album changed your life? I would have to say that this is kind of a cheap answer, but it was a Iron Maiden a greatest hits album. This was before we went to Ozfest 2005. Steven had got, my dad got Steven an Iron Maiden Greatest Hits compilation for his birthday. And my dad put it on, and the first song on it was Aces High. And, you know, I'd never heard Iron Maiden before. And just hearing the intro to Aces High and just like everything that came after that, it absolutely blew my mind. I didn't think music could sound like that. And that just like, that changed everything for me. Hell yeah. Yeah, I would. Part of me will default with default to Iron Maiden, but I think now that I think about it, maybe in some way the sword on Apocryphon when I first heard yes. that album, because you know when we were 
starting to like really get into when we were transitioning from Crimson to Solar Haze, it was like we weren't too familiar with the stoner scene. We thought all new music was new metal, was like black metal because that was like the popular thing. So when I heard the sword, I was like, wait a minute, people are still jamming to this like old school kind of vibe like that's still going on right now. And then we saw them live and that's kind of was like the reaffirmed. I don't know. Is that a word? Reaffirmation? Yeah. yeah. Reaffirmation. Yeah. Reaffirmation that, um, you know, that this metal thing is still going strong and what we're trying to do, other people are still trying to do. Hell yeah. Absolutely. I, I do have one more album. It was when I was in college when I first like heard ELP, I heard brain salad surgery and it just tripped me out that you could make music sound like whatever you wanted to. It didn't have to like play by the rules. You could just make your own rules for music. And that was a whole other epiphany for me. That is amazing. So yeah, the the Maiden greatest hits, obviously, because it's fucking Maiden. And then the sword, for sure, because again, they're the sword and you know, they're a band that's reinvented themselves on almost every album. Yes. So, yes. and while still keeping true to what the underlying deal is with them. And I think that's kind of the same way with ELP as well. They, they've kind of reinvented things with like what they've done, but like still not went crazy off their path, but like just enough to where it like keeps you coming back for more. Absolutely, absolutely. I agree 100%. Definitely. Dude, Ryan, Steven, thank you so much for coming on the Metal Forge this week. It has been a blast. Off of Thank the, you. It's been a pleasure. Off of the EP, what do you guys want me to play out today? Hit, hit, a, hit him with terror. Hit him with terror of the hit demon. Give him the big one. I'll give you a little quick intro. So this one we wrote when I was like kind of coming up with the base of the song. I said, I want to combine Call of Cthulhu, uh, The Thing That Should Not Be, and Super Coven by Electric Wizard. And then this is what we came up with. Wow. Yeah, and one more lead-in is this song is kind of um, giving you an idea of what we're going to be going after with our second album. So it's almost going to build up to what we're doing in the future. Shit, yes. And, you know, stick around because this is a long one. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. I love, I love it when bands put out, like, seven, eight, nine-minute songs. And I like it. It doesn't feel like seven minutes. Like every time I listen to it, I'm like, oh damn, the song's already over. It just started. Right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It doesn't, it doesn't feel like seven minutes because it's nine. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you heard them. This is from the solar age from solar haze. This is terror of the deep.
Hey, thank you all for tuning into this week's episode of the Metal Forge. I want to take a minute to remind you guys about the Patreon page. Over on the Patreon page, we have the tiers set up to support the production of the show. We feature the Down and Dirty, which is just a buck. There's nothing special for that one. It just sends me a thank you because every dollar helps. Then there's the Double Down and Dirty. Much akin to the Down and Dirty tier, everything helps produce the show in the end. You make your presence known, and I appreciate that more than you realize. Thank you for being a dedicated friend and supporter to the Metal Forge. By selecting that tier, you will receive some cool Metal Forge stickers in your mailbox. Now... We're really going to start pounding the metal madness with the Apprentice Metalhead for just $5 a month. By becoming an Apprentice Metalhead, you'll be given early access to the shows, published 24 hours before everyone else gets it. You're also going to receive three entries in any contest that we do here at the Metal Forge. You're also going to receive a 10% discount on all Metal Forge merch, and you're going to receive a sweet Metal Forge patch for your battle jacket or backpack. And now, here is the big one. This is the Master Metalhead for just $10 a month. By becoming a Master Metalhead, you will receive a hand-numbered Metal Forge Master Metalhead membership card. You're going to be given early access to the shows as well, with 36 hours before everyone else. You're going to receive five entries in any contest that we do here at the Metal Forge. You'll be able to submit audio questions that I will use on the show of you asking questions to the upcoming guests. Remember, timing is everything, and you will need to keep up with the upcoming guest list on the website. You're also going to receive advanced knowledge of any new merch coming out and be given a 25% discount on all Metal Forge merch. And you're also going to get all of the other rewards from the other tiers. So visit patreon.com slash Metal Forge Radio today and help support the Metal Forge. Rock on. <laughs>